Hi, I'm Jen. And I'm Jen. Welcome to Marginalia Mailbox. Where we answer your emails and questions. Ta-da! Yay! I would like to begin by acknowledging the Gurungai and Daru people, traditional custodians of the land where I'm recording today, and pay my respects to their elders past and present. I'd also like to acknowledge Tangata Whenua of Te Whanganui Atara, where I'm recording today. It's another mailback episode, which means we've just finished up season two, which is very exciting. Yeah. Um, and also a little sad. It's going to be hard to, to go on without Richard and, and Dor and our friends in London below. But, you know, it's good. It's good to move on. Yeah. We get to meet new friends and we're very excited about our new friends. Because, oh, yes. yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Um, so we have some emails, and they make us super happy. We love talking with all of you, so please keep sending them in. We will keep doing bonus episodes as long as you keep sending emails. Um, and we love to have a conversation. We love to keep it going. So please, our inbox is always open at hello at marginaliapod.com. And we want to hear from you. Yes, we do. We do. <laughs> we really do. Jen, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure thing. So the first message we received is from Liz, who actually messaged us very early on during Season 2 to share some thoughts about Jessica's representation in Neverwhere. So Liz wrote, Jessica is made to personify the standard response of society to life. It's all about status, the ring, the good spot in the restaurant, while turning a blind eye to the people who are falling through the cracks caused by the system. She's purposely unlikable in juxtaposition to what the other side is experiencing. Also, Richard calling her Jess is a small gesture to help the reader not feel bad when he ultimately decides to leave her for the underground. It's okay, they were never going to work. He wouldn't even get her name right. I am actually really keen to revisit this, so thanks Liz for sharing your thoughts, because I actually definitely changed my opinion of Jessica through our read, right? So when we first started, you do not like it. She is unlikable. She seems callous and cruel, and like it's like Richard is the nice guy and she's just being really mean to him but once i realized how uninvolved richard actually was and how many little cruelties he had towards jessica actually by not being involved in her life i really shifted my perspective on her i feel a bit the same i feel like she really yeah especially toward the end where she came back and she was much more like she recognized that there was a split a schism between them and she wanted to fix it but she said i want to earn this back if that's possible in regards Mm. to her engagement ring and I thought that was really lovely because that shows growth on her part, too, that she's she experienced this loss, which we, we both agreed during, you know, not knowing something has happened to you is a really terrible thing. And she did lose somebody that she cared about, but she couldn't really let herself think about it. But she kept recognizing Richard and seeing him, which meant that mm-hmm. he actually meant more to her than she let on. Or that he thought he did, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's really the thing. Is like I found it hard to view her in such a black and white way because we got to know her through Richard's perspective and I don't think that was an honest perspective of Jessica. And yeah. so I think it's really interesting to view her in this lens that Liz has provided as a product of society, right? There's yeah. so much unseen damage done by that system. Absolutely. And that leaves, you know, a mark. And yeah, I definitely want to treat Jessica with more kindness. Yeah, 100%. I mean, she has figured out the rules and how to follow the rules, and she Mm. is following the rules. And maybe that makes her unlikable to some people, but I think she's just trying to get by like everybody else is. Yeah, and she's ambitious, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. She's trying to do well at work. She's trying to move up in the world that she thinks she needs to move in. Yeah. She's she's just doing her best. She's extremely competent, so. Yeah. Yeah. 
four for you, Jessica. Sorry it didn't work out, but you'll find somebody far more deserving of you, I hope. And probably someone more on the same, with the same energy and goals that you have, because that was yeah. always the thing with them. They had different goals. Well, Richard didn't have any, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, who else have we heard from? Well, we have also heard from friend of the pod, Bethany, who delights us with regular emails, sharing her thoughts on the episodes, and she sends us photos of her cats, Sina and Saoirse, which we love. Yeah. Um, and actually, this dovetails nicely. So following on from... Uh, Bethany writes, the discussion about Richard and the way he viewed his mom and that maybe she had a full life and he just wasn't aware of it. Mm. This is the part that I really loved, which is I don't necessarily think children owe their parents care and attention. I actually think the opposite is true, that parents are the ones with all of the owing and that kids, if their parents are lucky and do a good job raising them, will probably love and care for their parents. Mm. But kids don't owe their parents anything. And I think that's true, too. But I also think that if you get to adulthood without trying to understand your parents as people then you're not doing a very good job of being people yourself. So you mm. do have to work within, like it has to be two ways. So, but I love it. And I love when Bethany sends emails because they're always so newsy and it's nice to hear about what's going on in the world. And I I love the the contrast between like, yes, Richard doesn't really see his mother, but also kids don't owe their their parents anything. That's a really good point, Bethany. And I'm glad you brought it up because I, I agree. And I'm really working hard with my kids to Aww. try and like not be the parent who demands for them to do anything but also teaches them how to be good enough people that they're interested in that as adults yeah I think it's it's an interesting point this idea that maybe sons are not involved as much as daughters are or that there's an expectation that a daughter will be a more of a, a caregiver right yeah and Richard does seem very like I've always found that really strange that he just sort of is very hands-off like once he leaves his parents he's just like well his mum he just yeah that's yeah, his it. hands off. And I'll never forget that she made him a little going away yeah, meal for the, the case, train. And yeah. he's so dismissive of it. And, yeah. and he acts like she just faded into nothingness when he wasn't there anymore. Like, oh, I've raised my son. I can give up on life. Yeah, it's not a kind reading. So be more present, Richard. But he is by the end. He learns that lesson. So yeah. <laughs> good work. And also, it, it is a fairy tale, really. So I can give, I guess I can give a little bit more. I'm, I'm a little more forgiving now that we're at the back end of the book. But yeah, mothers are important, man. They really are. The people who raise you matter. And look, I mean, they can do a terrible job, but they're still going to have a huge effect on you. They're still, yeah, it's still formative, whether it's good or not. Exactly. Right? And, you know, the people that care for you and look after you. Most of the time, they are trying their best, so. And do the best with the tools that they had at the time and the information they had at the time. So, yeah. Hmm. All right. So, who else sent us an email? Well, we received an email from Kate, who said some super lovely things about enjoying receiving book recommendations from the pod. So, I'm glad that we can fulfill that role, because we're very happy to help at any time. We also <laughs> blog our recommendations every month on the website. Yeah. So, check those out, too. Yeah, they're in the blog section, so you can read all of them. Loads of books in there. Um, mm. Kate also shared something that I thought was really poignant, so I thought I would also share it here. Um, she wrote, Expressing one's opinion on a beloved book is an act of vulnerability. I personally like to think aloud, explore and discuss with my friends, to follow my feelings and reactions as a guide to unraveling my thoughts, rather than having a critical thought at the ready. I'm also well aware I likely make contradictions as I unravel these thoughts, and it's all a bit risky when it comes to book clubs. It can be downright savage at some times. So the explorative tone of the podcast, without the pressure of needing to contribute myself, allows me to digest and explore alongside you in my own head. Aww. I just thought this was so lovely, and it made me so happy, because there is a real vulnerability and not just reading, but relating to a text because you're bringing something of yourself to it. You're putting your emotions out there and you're opening yourself up. 
And yeah, sometimes when you are in like a book club environment, you don't want to talk about how you related to it. Or maybe someone voices something really strongly where you think, oh, I had the opposite thought and I don't feel safe because it's too close to me, right? So I'm glad that listening to our little pod can give people a space to engage with that side of of reading and engage with that side of thinking vulnerably about text. And I guess that's the sacred practice, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I like saying we're not a safe space because we can't be safe for everybody. Like we don't no. we're not able to be across everybody's triggers or things that hurt them. We, we do our best with content warnings and things. But I like to think of us as a brave space mm. where we try and be respectful. And if we mess up, we will acknowledge and, and, you know, do our best to correct if we've done something wrong or hurt someone. Like we're a brave space and we want people to join us in this space to be brave. It doesn't mean that we're not going to get hurt and we're going to be perfect. It just means that we're going to be respectful and we're going to take on board other people as we interact with them. Yeah. And I think there's real power in making contradictions as well, as Kate Mm, said, because sometimes mm -hmm. you start out with something and then later you might find yourself contradicting your own thoughts with something else and you'll realize, oh, maybe I was wrong in that first instant or maybe I've misread that. And being able to admit that is really important. So, yeah. Yeah, and also I love that we can kind of talk each other around on various... Yeah. I always read very generously, and sometimes you'll pick up something I won't. So I'm like, no, no, they're just trying. And you're like, no, they're terrible. (laughs) I love that we can kind of convince each other and that you often see things I wouldn't see. Like, I love that we get the opportunity to do that. And knowing that we have this ongoing conversation about it makes it so much better, so... Yeah, yeah I, I love that, that you can often bring a more generous perspective because <laughs> it's something that I'm striving to have in life, right? And that's what I'm trying to get out of this is being more kind and generous and like, no, don't make these knee-jerk, they're terrible people <laughs> reactions because Well, I can 100% do it for fictional characters, but when it comes to real life people, I am just as salty in my heart as I think anybody would be. So got to start somewhere and fake people, good place to start. Absolutely. And we can't end without giving our friend Mero a shout out. She sent us an email with the best subject line, but it has a swear, so I won't say it. Um, but thank <laughs> you, Mero. Uh, she also wrote, I'm loving that you're comparing everything to real life situations, historic events, and places. It has been really nice to be able to relate the book to real life. And in turn, it has been such a privilege to listen to you girls share your life stories with us listeners. Mero, we love you. And also, I know you're in lockdown with us, like with me, because hmm. we're, we're, we live in this, the same geographical area. So I know that, like, you're listening through this lockdown and it means a lot that you're enjoying it and that it's helping you to kind of travel vicariously through us yeah it's so nice to like we can accompany you through this terrible time basically um and also just i think it was nice to have that acknowledge that we are sharing like we started in season two to share little stories that relate to the theme and that was an immensely vulnerable thing for us to do and it's hard. It was scary. It was really scary when we first started. Mm. Because with each other, it's fine. But yeah, to other people, we don't know who's listening. Yeah, it's like, you know, you're opening yourself up and you don't know how, how kindly people are going to read that or whether they'll just think you're ridiculous. But, you know, I think it's it's been really valuable for me to be able to bring that to our reading because we are trying to learn and grow. So, yeah, it's nice that you appreciate it, Mero. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. <laughs> we appreciate you. Thank you for emailing. It's so wonderful to have people who are willing to engage with us like this. We just love to hear from you guys. Again, if you want, email us at hello at marginaliapod.com. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it'd be amazing. Like, suggestions, questions, alternate theories, like, literally anything and everything. Just drop us a line. We yeah. want to chat. And look, just because we have the next several books planned out doesn't mean if you suggest a really good one, we won't take it on board. Because I think we totally would. Absolutely. Or a film, if you want us to read yeah. something for a, to a sacred reading of a particular film, let us know. Yes, please. Because we, we do one-shots between each season, so... That's mm. always fun. Now we're gonna, definitely going to keep going with those. I'm really enjoying it anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, short and sweet. And we'll be back to our regular programming on Thursday. All so. right. Can't wait. See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining Gen D and Gen B for this very special mailbag episode. Marginally Pod is written, edited, and produced by Gen D and Gen B with additional editing and production support from Simon B. If you enjoy listening, please let us know by sending an email to hello at marginallypod.com. The intro and outro music is by Scott Buckley. For the full show notes and additional content, please visit www.marginaliapod.com. Thank you for listening.